Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an exclusive audio-only episode of the podcast series The Art of Collecting Wristwatches by Ace Jewelers. In this series, we interview wristwatch collectors all over the world. We want to know what makes them tick. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for sitting with me, sir. Um, I know it's early for you in the U.S. Are you in your hometown, Chi-Town, Chicago, or in sunny Florida? I am in uh, Chicago, uh, uh, which is my, uh, 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 has been my home my entire life. Amazing. So you you are not only a local celebrity in Chicago. For those that don't know Michael R. Friedberg, I added the R because there are a few Michael Friedbergs in this world. But our Michael here on air today is very known in Chi-Town as a lawyer and maybe litigator as well. Um, but for us watch nerds, he is almost Mr. IWC, and that's why his Instagram handle is also at Mr. IWC. Michael and I became friends online back in 2003, in the early days when he was also the moderator of the IWC forum, which IWC was very innovative because they were the first brand to host a forum on their own website. You remember the wonderful site, Michael, with the building and the doors? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I still have some uh, sc screen images of it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, so it's, it's, it's good old times, good old times. Yeah. And uh, Michael is not solely a fan of IWC, which I am too. Um, has a great passion. We kind of have a scoop today because today Michael launched another amazing product of his hands because his newest passion is Carl F. Bucher watches. So he launched carlfbucherfans.com. So make sure to give him a shout out and visit his site as well as he went online today. Am I right? That's correct. We're, all, uh, we're excited about it. It's, it's a new venture, and I don't think it's ever been uh, really tried in the Swiss watch industry because what, what I'm offering is a free concierge service. Amazing. Uh, to anyone interested in Bukharu watches. Amazing. So Michael has always attributed a lot of time, passion, and knowledge to the watch community. He's always given back, uh, always there to help, uh, writing amazing articles. So make sure to check out his Instagram handle, his website. And that's why I want to put him on a pedestal today. We only have 30 minutes max. Michael, so I just want to dive in because I know it will be very difficult to stick to that 30 minutes. So how did you get into watches, Michael? Well, um, I think it was my father. Uh, I remember for his uh, 40th birthday, he bought a Rolex. Mm -hmm. And he was so proud of buying that Rolex. It was a gold Rolex. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, uh, and I was, I don't know, I was 
10, 12 years old. And it really impressed me uh, that he wanted something and was so proud of it. Uh, and also, I was just intrigued by what it represented, because to me, a watch is more than a mechanism. It represents time. And there's all sorts of philosophic stuff about that. Mm -hmm. So what year was that about, do you think? Was it the day date with President Bracelet? And no. the most important question is, do you still have it? No. Uh, it's Pity. lost in eternity. Um, Pity. I'm trying to figure out the date. Uh, I would guess it was about 1955 to 1958. Interesting. Amazing. And that sparked your interest. What is it that attracts you to watches back then, even today? Well, I wasn't that interested initially. I just kind of admired watches. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, uh, interestingly enough, I, I, I went on a trip uh, uh, to Ireland yep. in about, mm, I'm guessing, 1973 or 74. Yep. And I saw a And I've never seen anything like that before. To me, a watch was just to tell hours and minutes. Yeah. And uh, and I was absolutely intrigued. And so I spent a lot of time then uh, just trying to learn about uh, watches. Yeah. And I, I bought a, uh, 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 I didn't buy a perpetual calendar, but I bought an Omega calendar watch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I was just very, very interested. And, and then the Internet came along. Yeah. And that really uh, 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 changed my life. This was in the early days of the Internet. So where did you start off your journey with watches on the Internet? Well, there were two sites. Uh, 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 one was called uh, timezone.com. Yeah. And it was in, uh, uh, owned by some guy in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, this was uh, in the very early days. And there was also another site called Watchnet. Yeah. And frankly, those were the only two sites in the world about watch just watches then. Uh, but I learned a lot from the early time zone site. Uh, this is a bit embarrassing, but uh, uh, I posted a question because I looked at the movement of one of my watches and it was said it was adjusted for isochronism. Yeah. And I didn't know what isochronism meant. Yeah. Uh, and, and I uh, was foolish enough uh, or smart enough to ask on the Internet. And frankly, I learned a huge amount from the Internet. But but there is, it's definitely smart enough because there is no stupid question, I say. Yeah. It's always good to ask. And the watch universe is complex. It's very, uh, uh, very mathematical. It's very academic. It's very philosophical. It's an art. So there's so many dimensions. Yeah. And, 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 and I still learn every day. And so do you. 
And, and that's one of the reasons for this podcast series is to share knowledge. So definitely there is no stupid question. Going to my next question, what is it that makes you tick about watches? The design, the history, the movement, the complication, a style, a narrative. What angle do you approach watches? Well, all of the above. Okay. Um, uh, 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 because they're not exclusive at all. And, and I can uh, like many things, uh, but there's particular uh, things that I like. Uh, uh, first, I admire good design. Yeah. But to me, good design does not mean new design because I think new design for the sake of being new doesn't accomplish anything. And frequently, I think good classical design is the hardest. Just like yeah. making a simple painting it can be harder than making a more complex drawing. Right. Uh, so one so is design. The, the, the second is history and tradition. Uh, I, and in a sense, that's a philosophic concept. But also, I think that people are forgetting today that uh, watches, uh, mechanical watches, are in many ways anachronisms. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my Seiko, uh, uh, that sets by the uh, sunlight, is far more accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to me, accuracy is, is important, and the mechanics are important, but the real <laughs> importance uh, is the heritage. Okay. Uh, and if you add the classical design with the heritage, I guess you could say I'm a retro grouch. <laughs> because <laughs> I like modern interpretations of older things. Okay. That's interesting. So when we focus on your collecting of watches, do you have a particular focus? Is it only vintage? Is it new? Both? A particular brand? I mean, you're very synonymous to IWC. Today to Karl F. Bucherer as well. Um, do you have a focus? Uh, yes, but it's constantly changing and there's more than one focus. Uh, given my interest in history and tradition, uh, I have... Uh, uh, if I will, uh, I don't mean to sound egotistical, but I have a wonderful collection of IWC pocket watches. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it could be among the best of the very old ones uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, I don't know, eight or nine Jones watches, yeah. the earliest ones. I have a collection of Sealands. I have uh, four Paul Webers, all with different dials. Did you have a Dutch Paul Weber too? No, that's the okay. one language uh, missing as well as uh, uh, <clears throat> I believe that there's some Japanese ones out there in the world. Yeah, which I've never seen. The Dutch one I've seen. Yes, I, I know Amazing. one Dutch one collector in, in the Netherlands has a has a Dutch Paul Weber. And if you ever see another one, I can tell you you're talking to a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you listening, if you ever encounter a Dutch Paul Weber, reach out to Michael. So what what is it that, you, besides you collect wristwatches, and that's oh, yeah. the title, this is the title of this episode, but we can definitely talk about pocket watch because I collect 
stopwatches, hand stopwatches and pocket watches as well. Although I never wear them. It, I don't know, it resonates with me and I don't know why. Why does it resonate with you? I don't know. Uh, 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 again, it's just the history, the tradition, the design, mm -hmm. uh, the mechanics. Uh, by the way, I'm collecting stopwatches. Uh, I must tell you that I was talking to Richard Harbrink, who used mm -hmm. to be, as you know, with IWC and invented He's the... He's uh, Mr. Ratchapant. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he developed a Ratchapant based upon a Hewer yeah. uh, stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> and the design uh, was taken off of that, and it's extremely clever. Yeah. Because it's much simpler than a traditional Ratchapant. Yeah. And uh, more cost-effective, it works fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyhow, I, I'm, I'm uh, taking what you said and, and uh, detouring it. And I no problem, no problem. This is this is unscripted. This is freestyle. No. So no. we're just jamming and having fun. Um, would you like to share some watches in your collection and tell us why you got them and why we'll never get let go of them? Well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll mention IWC in a minute, but I should tell you that uh, lately I've uh, had uh, several uh, contemporary uh, Rolex sports watches. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know a lot of collectors uh, think Rolex are passe or for people who don't understand watches. Uh, but I do think that for what they are, they're perfectly built. And uh, uh, I think the movements are just uh, 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 extraordinarily accurate mm -hmm. uh, uh, and durable. Uh, uh, I find they fit very well on the wrist, uh, and they look good. Uh, I recently, and I know this is crazy, but after 30 years of collecting, I got my first Submariner. <laughs> and, and that's probably the most common and basic of the Rolex sports watches. But I, I should tell you, uh, I thought I would find it ordinary. But to me, it's extraordinary in terms of being a perfect watch for what it is. Uh, 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 on the other hand, I do have many IWCs. Yeah. Uh, uh, but my, set, my favorites there are watches that I helped uh, design. Yeah. Uh, in conjunction with the designers at IWC, uh, uh, as uh, the f uh, first, second, and third collectors forum watches. Yeah, amazing. And and my proudest achievement is the what they call the CF three, the collectors forum yeah. uh, uh, pilots watch, yeah. uh, which, in my humble opinion, and it wasn't just me, I think it's the best pilots watch chronograph ever made <laughs> and i mean it's it to me it's classic in design but it's modern yeah I, I think that quite some dutch collectors picked yeah. one up i believe yeah. my buddy adam craniotes has one if i'm not mistaken yes he does. he is number 100 yeah because so, i was out uh, with the number selections even so i think the watch fam concurs with you yeah. and are there any other watches you want to highlight um, I don't know. I, you know, this may sound strange, but I love them all. It's like highlighting my children. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all great. <laughs> and 
So let me let me interject in, a, in a, an additional question. What is it that got you into IWC though, and why so strong? Well, you know that's something that really just kind of fell into my lap. Okay. Um, what happened was uh, a fellow by the name of Richard Page took over Time Zone, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I told him that it was growing too quickly. And instead of having one website, he needed separate discussion forums on the same website. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I likened it uh, to articles in a magazine. Yeah. And he really liked the idea and, uh, 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 and came up with the idea of brand forums. And I didn't even understand at the time the huge allegiance that people have to particular brands. It's mm-hmm. an emotional attachment that transcended at my experience. And uh, so anyhow, he asked me, well, what a, a brand would I like uh, to uh, moderate? Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I thought about it. And there were three candidates. Uh, one was Langa, the other mm-hmm. was Patek, mm-hmm. and the third uh, was IWC because I, I liked all those brands. Yeah. And, uh, and at the time, I had you know a basic uh, chronograph by IWC, a pilot's chronograph, thirty-seven oh six. Yeah. And what happened was. Um, uh, my friend Peter Chong from Singapore uh, wanted to do the Langa forum, and since he had formed a website for uh, 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 Langa collectors, uh, I deferred to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and on Patek, uh, frankly, I found their history as daunting, yeah. <laughs> and I was afraid that it was more than I understood. Whereas I thought, uh, perhaps erroneously, that IWC was a simpler brand with a more linear history, and yeah. it's something I could master. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I uh, 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 set up with Richard the first brand forum on Time Zone, called, uh, the IWC forum. Interesting. And, and uh, 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 what happened is uh, IWC took notice of it right away. And about a year and a half later, uh, uh, the president then of IWC contacted me and said, Michael, we'd like to set up a forum on our website. Would you like to do it? Nice. And, and, you know, uh, as uh, my wife uh, uh, said, that's like peeking under the sheets for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) You got to do it. And, 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 And I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, but the next thing I knew is I was at the Waldorf uh, Astoria Hotel meeting the president of IWC uh, and his wife. And uh, six months later, I was in Switzerland uh, 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 having dinner with Kurt Klaus. Amazing. And uh, it, it just kind of grew. And uh, But it's been a wonderful growth. Uh you know, so what attracted me to IWC was it just kind of happened. Nice. That's beautiful. And it's a nice link because it has American roots as well. So uh, yeah. it was a good fit. Um, 
talking about past, looking into the future, what's your grail watch? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about it. Uh, I, I did acquire an IWC perpetual calendar recently. Yeah. Uh, the new 42 yeah. in, in gold. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, 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 frankly, uh, uh, a retirement gift from the company, and I was thrilled. Amazing. And that might be my grail watch. That's amazing. That's a big compliment because I assume it's not your first IWC Perpetual. No. And uh, <laughs> I have an IWC Turbulent, too. But, yeah, amazing. But, uh, uh, but to me, you know, a watch is not just a watch. It represents something. Yeah. And to me, not only a perpetual calendar has the symbolism of eternity. Yeah. Uh, but also, in this case, it has the symbolism of a 20-year relationship with a watch company yeah. that I viewed as very special. There were yeah. bumps in the road, for sure, yeah. uh, 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 but uh, I have many friends uh, as a result of this, both within the IWC universe, yeah. uh, current and former staff and collectors, and we stay in constant touch uh, sometimes through social media. Uh, and uh, to me, uh, the Grail watch isn't a super complicated turbulent perpetual calendar uh, 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 or anything. Uh, it's for what it represents. And that may be the, 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 uh, my new IWC perpetual. Amazing. So that's very nice to hear also. Would you mind sharing if you have a next watch? And if so, what it is? And additional to that, do you even have a wish list slash wrist list? Do you even have a strategy when you collect? I, I do, but it shifts in the sand every two weeks, it seems. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I used to have 50 IWC pocket watches, and frankly including some very rare ones, <clears throat> I decided it was just too many. And, yeah. and I, I, I honed down to three categories, Sealands, uh, Pow Vipers, and Jones. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, right now my wish list is two, yeah. uh, one of which will be coming shortly, which is a Bukerer by Compass annual calendar. Yeah, very nice. They launched that this year, didn't they? Well, they actually had one last year, which okay. I, I prefer, with the white dial okay. and black uh, subdials. Uh, I think it looks even more vintage and a little less pilot's watch. Um, uh, but to me, uh, uh, maybe I get too attracted by price alone, but uh, uh, it's a perpetual calendar and it's an annual calendar, excuse me, and a chronograph. Uh, for seventy nine seventy two hundred U.S. dollars or seventy nine hundred, and that that to me is the least expensive annual calendar in the market. It's yeah. a fabulous watch for the money, yeah. uh, and that'll be coming in the next few weeks. Yeah. And then I I may need to shift around a little bit, but I love the Bulgari uh, Octos. Yes, also very nice. 
I think that they are just designed feats that are incredible, and they yeah. follow in the Genta tradition. Yeah. And uh, uh, so to me, they're just great watches. And so uh, that's probably uh, the second one on my wish list. Amazing. And it's interesting to see because um, your interest is very wide, and it shows you're very open-minded because... Carl F. Bucher is maybe a brand that's definitely um, uh, unrightfully undervalued yeah. and underappreciated. And so it shows that you don't buy for the prestige, although you did buy Rolex, you'll also wear a Bucher and Carl F. Bucher. And what is interesting, although initially you said you are very much into classic designs that are redefined or made contemporary, you choose an Octo, which is very modern. So that's very interesting to hear and to, and to see. Um, my next question is a rhetorical one. <laughs> Do you have a favorite brand? But I have to ask because I, I, I'm, I'm following a format in this show. Besides IWC and Karl of Bucher, what brands stand out for you, which which really captivated you? Well, and and aside from Rolex, slightly, yeah. uh, uh, there's two brands, and I'll throw you for a loop with both of them. Yeah, uh, uh, I am just crazy about what they're doing at Armin Strong. Yeah, amazing indeed. I love the I resonance. Think, yeah, I have a gravity equal force. Yeah. And I just think that is among the most creative watches ever made, uh, uh, both in terms of mechanism and design. Yeah. Very and, contemporary, though. Yeah, yes, but it's based upon uh, 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 lots of tradition. For example, the bars on the dial side uh, are consistent with, you know, the pocket watch design that had... Yeah. Uh, uh, that those sort of uh, those sort of uh, uh, cocks on the movement. Yeah, you're so uh, right. And uh, uh, and also, uh, even though the movement's very modern, uh, uh, you know, the finishing is, is impeccable. Yeah. But uh, it's not Cote de Genève. It's they have their own uh, style, and it's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's one brand. The other brand uh, that I really like uh, is Zapek. Yeah, lovely, uh, lovely people as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I was the first person who bought their watch, uh, uh, the regular production series watch on the internet. Amazing. Uh, uh, quite a, I can't pronounce it. Quite a bear. Yeah. Uh, 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 I have number twenty-five of number twenty-five. Amazing, and uh, it's it's a, it's a great watch too, and and that's a much more classical watch. I bought it because it reflects the pocket watch tradition. Yeah, interesting. Thank you for sharing. What percentage do you put between passion and reason? So ratio versus emotion. Uh, when collecting I, watches. Uh, the answer is it's got to be 50-50. Is it, though? Uh, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you succeed, though? 
question. Yeah, I can't tell for sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, without some sense of reason, it makes no sense. Uh, I, I do view watches as an intellectual pursuit. Yes. Uh, uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, they have so many uh, attributes, and I view that as reason. Uh, but unless you fall in love with a watch, it doesn't accomplish a thing. Yeah. And so it's you've got to have the passion. Yeah. Uh, and you have to have enough reason to make it a sensible purchase, but also to understand. Uh, I said earlier, a watch represents something. And you have to reason through what that representation is. So it's interesting, actually, Michael. You're the first. This is the 16th episode. And you're the first to reinterpret my question. Because you took the reason, which is the original of ratio, to rationalize and to philosophize. Is, I guess, your decision. What other people interpret my question like is it commercially reasonable does it keep its value etc and why they buy a watch right and and is it crazy or not to buy many watches or not um so it's interesting so you get learned in by passion looks design and then you reason if it's the right watch for you or if the design is correct or why you should get it is that what you meant yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, you know, uh, uh, s- s- you know, I develop a series of principles, maybe more rules than I should. But for example, I will not buy a watch over list price. Okay. Period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, including all my Rolexes, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, and and you know, and I contacted a dealer about uh, you know the the Langa uh, Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, and they told me it's close to a two-year wait, and I have to get approved uh, by the people in Glashuta. Mm-hmm. And I responded, at my age, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and so the ration, and, and that may be a rational decision, <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's certainly dispensing with the passion because I love that watch. The, no, well, the funny thing is I call it a passionate call because you, you turned it down. Uh, of a a passionate reaction but okay interesting Um, we're hitting the 30 minutes mark soon Michael last question because we can chat for hours and philosophize do you have a final tip to someone who's new to the art of collecting wristwatches yes I think people should try to learn as much as they can Mm -hmm. and the internet serves a valuable role Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's one reason I set up the Bukhara Fans website mm-hmm. to help people learn about a watch company that's under the radar. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I just think learning is important in almost everything people do. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to sit down with me. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, even if it's physically in Switzerland as we do, or digitally. Send my love to the family and hope to see you physically soon again. Alan, I would love that. And thank you for having me and, uh, uh, and, and, and my best to you and your family and, and your staff. Thank you. They're, they're all great. Thank you. They are great indeed. And our listeners are as well. Thank you for our listeners. And if you did like this episode, make sure to check all the previous 16 And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much and have a nice day.
Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Art of Collecting Wristwatches by Ace Jewelers. This is the end of the podcast. Um, if you want to listen to more episodes, go to anchor.fm slash acejewelers. And don't forget to rate our series with five stars. Thank you and have a good one.